Thank you, choir. I've asked Dean to read some verses, and here he comes. And then after that, I will come up here. Uh, the verses, if you open your Bibles with me, to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, from verse 1, and Dean. Okay, Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 1 and going through verse 20. The word of the Lord says, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. Because he had been bound with shackles and chains and the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also he begged him earnestly, that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter them. And all at once, Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about two thousand and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see it, what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him, who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. May God bless the reading of his word. The word of God is good all the time. And they came to the other side of the sea. The word of God says, into the country of the Gadarenes. This portion of the scripture thrills with interest and excitement. We see that what proves to be a blessing to one may easily prove to be a curse to another. 
by the coming of Jesus into the country of the Gadarenes. One man was made better. And many felt worse. The difference was not the Savior, but in the attitude of those sinners who are there. Many critics have discussed and criticized and analyzed this portion of the scripture and the demoniac too. One of them, by the name of Huxley, he spoke of it as the Gadarene pig affair. Well, Mr. Huxley passed away, but the story remains. This portion of the scripture was not written to tell us that so many pigs were lost, but to tell us that one pressure soul was saved. I want to share with you three words. Number one, the best of visitors, he came to do good. That's Jesus. The very first thing we observe, that when Jesus came to these people, he came to do good. And let me say this, Jesus never visits a family or a place or a church or a place of work to just inflict on them any curse. When Jesus comes in, he brings a blessing with him. That's the nature of our Savior. He came to do good. Everywhere around those shores of Galilee, he blessed those citizens such as never, never had been any blessing like that before. He had healed the sick. I want to count some few things here. He cleansed the leper. He cured the cripple. Gave hearing to the deaf. And fed the hungry thousands. All around that place in Galilee. He healed the sick. He set free the sin enslaved along with other such works of gracious miracles. Whenever he was found, praise God, he did good. He made the wrong right. He banished sadness and brought gladness to many families. The Bible says in Acts 10.38, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. That's the nature of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He came to heal also men's souls, not physically only, but spiritually, and cure the ugly sores of social life, to set those who are slaves to sin, set them free, and give them eternal salvation. He came to enlighten the hearts of so many. 
He came to give strength to the weak and life and hope to the weary. He came to proclaim liberty. The Bible says to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are downtrodden, to bind the brokenhearted, to bring good news to the afflicted, and to proclaim the favorer, the favorable year of our Lord. You find that in Isaiah chapter 61. Good news. He came with good news to every family. And if you recall, and those people who read the Bible and know the Lord Jesus Christ, he's never entered a home and left behind him a blessing. All the time. And that's our Jesus. In the 21st century today, we can say, did he change? No. He never changed. For Jesus Christ is unchangeable. And the Bible says about him, for he is the same yesterday and today and forever. What he did in the past, he still does it today in our present day and age. He will not deny a plea. And this is what I want to bring to your attention. He will not deny a plea, nor turns his deaf ear to a request from a needy soul. He is near to each and every one of us, asking the question, what do you want me to do for you? Can you imagine the creator of the universe, the Lord Jesus Christ, standing before a blind man, a man who's so blind, okay, he was, he couldn't see a thing, and ask him humbly, young man, what do you want me to do for you? And thank God the, the blind man did not say, well, I want good health. He said, I want to see. And this is what we face today. And this is what we should look at today, look at ourselves. And Jesus today, at this very moment, early afternoon, he's asking each and every one of us, what do you want me to do for you? And people evade the question. Thank God for that blind man. Give me eyesight. You know what he told him? You have eyesight. That's your Jesus. That's our Jesus. That's the one we are dealing with this very morning. In other words, what he's saying, I'm at your disposal. Young lady, I'm at your disposal. Young man, I'm here. Use me. Open your heart and tell me what is your problem. And you know what's the problem with human nature today? It's sin. It's sin. And he's facing you and he's asking you, young man, young woman, use me. Open your heart to me. Tell me about your sin and I'm ready. I died already for your sin. 
I'm already to forgive you, provided you, you tell me about your sin. And I will forgive you and take it away from you. I've done so, so on the cross of Calvary. Whatever your need is, we have the answer in Jesus Christ, our Savior. The Bible says, He heals all your diseases. He is a great doctor. He's a great physician. We go to a physician and ask him, tell him, I have an ear exit. I'm not specialized in that, right? Or check, check uh, this side, I have, I have pain. I said, well, I, it's not my specialty. Go to this and this doctor. But you come to Jesus Christ, he is specialized in every disease. He is what we can call a universal doctor. And the medicine he gives, let me tell you something. It's not antibiotics for 10 days or 5 days or follow this. The medicine he gives is the only cure and instantly you are cured. And if you confess your sins to him, you are instantly, you become a new man. He transforms you completely as we heard this morning from Brother Mark. He is the God of transformation. He is the God of change. He can change your life. And he can release you as he released this demoniac living amongst the tombs of the Gadarenes. This is the guy. He came to do good. Do not forget that. He came to do good. Today, Jesus Christ is visiting with us. You might not see him, but here he is with us. Would you welcome him or reject him? There is no in-between. There is no, I'll see you later. There is no next time around. I'll see you later might not happen. Next time around, you might not live to have it. He is there. And would you welcome him into your heart? Would you ask him to heal you from sin? Would you humble yourself before him and ask for forgiveness and mercy? Would you take this unique opportunity and open your heart? You know, he desires to do good for you. That's my first point. He came to do good. Second point. He came to crush the power of evil. Think of that. What we observe here, he came to those gatherings. He took a long trip. He took the boat. The disciples didn't know where he was going. He said, let's cross to the other side. They had a, an experience with him. This is not our subject today. They crossed a very stormy, stormy night. He wanted to arrive in the morning so the people will see him. So the people will see what he's going to do with a demoniac who's been tortured day and night. And he came and he was confronted there immediately by this demon-possessed man. And you know what happened? It didn't take time. Christ set the devil's prisoners free. 
It didn't take time. At all. He said, I have come for this purpose. And whatever your problem this afternoon, whatever going in your mind this afternoon, you might be suffering from illness. You might have some stormy thoughts going within you. You might be struggling with a sin that you cannot shed off. The Lord Jesus Christ is here to heal you and to give you a different life. The good life he came for. He came to release you and to set you free. Someone said that was surely the worst case of demon possession. It was. Let me tell you why. He was too strong that this man in the tombs was chained, was chained and bound there. He was dwelt, the Bible says, by a legion. And according to the historians, you know how many a legion there at that time? Five to six thousand foot soldiers. He was, he was inhabited with five to six thousand powerful Foot soldiers. This is why no one could stop him. The chains could not bind him. Nothing else. No one could approach him. Except one person. The Lord Jesus Christ. He changed him. He completely changed him. He was the only one. Who could do such a miracle. In the heart of this man. And you know what? So many times when you approach someone, he says, you can trust God. You can give him your sin. No one can. No one can. It's too much. I have gone too far. You don't know. You don't know the problems I have. You don't know the sins I have. Let me tell you one thing. Is there anything difficult for the Lord Jesus Christ? Is there anything called impossible for the Lord Jesus Christ? He is the God of impossibilities. He is the God of uh, the lost people. He is the God of people who have given up in life. And I've heard and known many people who've given up on themselves. And Jesus Christ found them and changed their lives. And they became a new creation in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is nothing impossible. They gave up on him. The district, the country. The mayor came, they couldn't do anything. All the, all the physicians of the Gadarenes, and they brought physicians from outside, they couldn't do anything with him or for him. But one, one man could, the one who brings good news, he can, whatever is your problem. He can set you free. You know sin changes you. Sin destroys you. Sin takes you to death. But Jesus came to redeem you from death and give you eternal life. That's the difference and he can make it in your life. And you know one thing. Jesus Christ can work. When he is received. 
This man received him. He didn't know what to do. But he was received. He was welcomed. And when he's invited to, a, to our homes, when he's invited to your life, to our churches, to our personal life, and if we are sincere in inviting him, he can do miracles like this one and more. Three things I noticed in doing this, dealing with this man. Our lives, when we meet Jesus, are revived and strengthened. Christians, I want to ask these questions. Since you met Jesus, have you been strengthened and revived? Just think about that. Did God change your life and gave you a new hope? The second thing, when he was on the scene, did he take charge and he routed all the evils and all the legions were cast out? And when you, when you talk to people, you say, well, you know, I'm not the man I used to be. I'm not the woman I used to be since Jesus came into my heart. Since he changed me. And you know, he changes things. When he changes these things, instead of torments, instead of stormy life that you have, you didn't know what to do with your life. You lived from Friday till Friday, from event to event, and all of them were disappointing. Until Jesus came and changed your life. And you know, when he comes into your life, peace and blessings take place. Take place. And that's what happened to the demoniac. You know what happened to the demoniac when he met Jesus? Look at verse 15 of what he read. Look at verse 15 what he says. And they came. Who came? All these people. All these people. They came and saw the man. This is the one they were afraid of. They were fearful of. He, they saw him sitting down, closed, and in his mind. Who can conquer sin? No one except the Lord Jesus Christ. Who can release you from the bondage of sin? No one except Jesus Christ. Who can change your life and transform your life as we heard from our brother Mark this morning? Who can transform it from darkness into light is Jesus Christ. Who can give you hope when you were hopeless, it's Jesus Christ. Who can put strength in your legs and in your life? You were paralyzed by sin. Who can? Jesus Christ himself. This is why he is the one who has created you. He is the one who knows you very well. And this is the one who can change you and give you life and hope and happiness for the future. As we said, he came. To crush the power of evil. May I ask you a question? Did we celebrate last Friday our country's birthday? And we Christians, we remember this country, how it was born. And what it was built on. You know, we know how it all began. 
we know how it all began. And we know how it all began with, the, with our nation. And let me please listen to me for a few moments. He was in the heart of our constitutions and laws governing us. This is our nation. This is why we were called a Christian nation and we are a Christian nation. This is why God blessed us and gave us this, the happiness and all the blessings that we are still enjoying today in spite, in spite of our life. We are not honoring him. We had the best of blessings in our own lives and this country. We owe to the fact that Jesus came, was welcomed, and took charge of our days, of our months, of our years, and of our lives. Yes or no? When our forefathers met, they met in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when he comes into a life, into a nation, he transforms it completely. And this is why our nation is a Christian nation. It was transformed. This is why we were blessed. This is why we were a super, a super power in the world. All the noblest legacies of our social order came from directly from him. If we have a family structure, it's because of him. And this man became a man sitting, peaceful. He was naked. He's clothed. He's praising God. And later on he tells him, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to follow you. He was accepted. Look at our public education that was established. Our colleges, our universities, our hospitals, our research centers. Trace them back to their origin. And what do you find? What do we find? We owe them all to the Lord Jesus Christ. The great liberator of men. And when he came and visited our forefathers, you know what they said? Yes, we will take you as a savior. Like this man, he took him as a healer and savior. We will take you. It is Jesus who has always proved to be the supreme being. The one who came to do good. The one who came to break the chains of the devil. And I hope, I hope we treat him today with that respect. In spite of that, my third point and final point. In spite of that, they came from the district. They came from all the region, the people. What did they tell Jesus? They saw the man. Instead of saying, oh, oh, thank you. Thank you for living in fear from him. Thank you for doing good. 
Thank you for healing the man. You know what they told him? Please leave our country. Please depart. He came to crush tyranny. To crush Satan. Yet they urged him to leave. And you know what said? It's better for you to leave sooner than later. Luke 8.37 describes it better. And all the people of the country of the Gadarenes, it says, and the surrounding district asked him to depart from them. You know what he did? He left. He left. He did not want to stay anymore. They didn't want him. Let's take it on the 21st century today. Let's think about that. Is Jesus welcome today in our institution? Is Jesus welcomed in our homes? Is Jesus welcomed in our churches? Is Jesus welcomed everywhere in our workplaces? Things have changed. Is he welcome in the Congress? Are we honoring him? Why? Why he had the supernatural power? He did, he did good. He cast away all the devils. We did not hear one word of gratitude and say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Instead, instead, we said, leave our schools, leave our homes, leave our lives, leave our government, leave our society. We want to be a society like any other. Is this what he came for? He came to do good. Do we appreciate his presence with us? I read the story about a church that happened nowadays in our days. And the church had influential members. You can think how influential they are. And the pastor called for a revival meeting. And they fought the revival meeting. And because they gave two causes. It is disturbing to our lives. And it is undignified. We need God to revive us. Like he revived this man and set him free. Was he revived? Of course. I want to follow you wherever you go. He discovered a new life. And we can rediscover this life. It's totally different. What happened 238 years ago or 240 years ago. When our forefathers established this country. And today... I've heard it. I've read about it. Many churches, you go to a church to listen to what, 
what the Lord Jesus Christ has to say. And some people told me, I haven't heard through the whole message the name of the Lord Jesus Christ once. We have exchanged, exchanged His glory for the world's acceptance. We need to be accepted. We need to reach out. We need to uh, uh, ease it a little bit. His message, Jesus Christ's message, is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He came to do good and save men from their sin. It has affected our community. And what did the community do there here? I think they brought the lawyer, the, the, the governor of two, the, two, of two regions. They came together and said, please leave our town. Today the word of God is being preached. Do we tell him leave our church or do we ask him to come into our lives and change our lives completely? That's the reaction he's expecting from us. What kind of reaction? Leave or stay and come into our homes and accept him as Savior. And you know, the church of Laodicea of old, they kept toying with the teaching. And they kept taking the, the world over the word of God. And what happened? Slowly, 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 they put Jesus out of their church. And we read about him outside the church. And he's coming still. He's coming. I want to do good. Knocking on the door, he says. Here I am, standing at the door, and knock. If anyone hears my voice and open the door, I will come in to him, sup with him, and him with me. Today, Christ is outside, not inside. May it never be. May it never occur. That our church will live one single second without Jesus Christ being in charge of everything. He came to do good. He routed out the devils. What did he get in return? Leave our country. I hope that each and every one of us here today, this afternoon, would leave this place saying, I want Jesus to be in control of my life. Period. And he's knocking at the door of your heart. He's begging you to open this door. So he can come into your life and change it. Take away the storms. Give you eternal life and happiness and peace forever and ever. Yes, he came to do good. He came to crush the power of evil. But don't ask him to leave. Ask him to come into your heart. Like this man who wanted to follow him. Would you?
This bar has four prayers. Our Father, we are thankful for your word. May it work in our hearts. May your presence be with us at church, at home, at work, at school, anywhere we go. On vacation, anywhere we go, Lord. We want you to be with us. And we want to live a life pleasing in your eyesight. We know you came to do good and you did good with each and every one who took you as Savior. And if there's someone here this afternoon who doesn't know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as his own Savior, we pray that he'll not leave this place without taking you and taking the Lord Jesus Christ as the one who came to do good in their lives, change them and release them and giving them a new life. Bless each and every one and those who are on vacation, those who are sick, we pray for them, Lord, that you visit with them and bless their hearts. Dismiss us, we pray, and we give your name all the power, all the praise, all the glory, forever and ever. Amen.